Prendas? Yeah. Prendas. You can say it like that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today with Jose Prendas, filmmaker. Um, he doesn't want me to say it, but screenwriter, author, all around. Pretty cool guy. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. um yeah i had i I wanted you on because i thought it was fascinating that for for a while i didn't even know what you i knew you were a writer and stuff like that but i thought it was amazing to me coming from a a small town moving out here and it's really hard for me to get any kind of jobs any kind of connections stuff like that and you said you're you're just you're always writing you're working on some writing project and i'm like what how, you can make a living off of that? I gotta have him on this podcast, and he can explain to people how how do you even get to that point? What what uh, did you start in high school? You know, I got all these questions for you. So you ready to jump in? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, when when did you start? Were you did you start writing in high school? Uh, did you did you even like school? Was it someone that turned you on to writing? How how did that come about? Well, I know I hated school. I, I was I was a, I was a really I was a mediocre C student. Uh, I was usually at the bottom of my of my class. Um, I just I didn't want to be there. I, I, since I was young, I'm an only child, so for me, movies and, and and books, you know, became my siblings, and so that's the world I really cared about. I, I really like right before school, before the bus came to pick me up, I would wa- be watching a movie, and then. I'd go to school and then come back home and the only thing I would care about was like finishing the movie or whatever show was on. That was more real to me than anything else. And, you know, when it, come, when it came to writing, I discovered that uh, during a, a creative writing exercise in school and I really enjoyed it and we had to read it out loud to the class. So I was like, oh man, I don't really want to do that. All right. And everyone, and I <laughs> read my story and the entire class started cracking up and and I and I go, oh shit! I like this. Hold on. <laughs> uh, th- so w- what I wrote down is kind of entertaining people. That's kind of awesome. And then when we had that same assignment like a month later, I was like, oh dude, are you gonna write another story just like that last one? And so I was already meeting. So it's sort of like I had expectations for my next project at like freaking in like seventh grade. I'm like, shit, man. I I kind of enjoy this. And you know, um, so writing books and things like that was sort of just became like I you know they found we found each other and. and became something I loved uh, doing. I was very much a homebody, uh, you know, in, during my school age uh, years, and uh, all I cared about was watching movies and writing, and I taught myself how to write scripts when I realized, okay, I want to make movies, and um, so I was writing scripts in eighth grade. I've got like, I mean, I've got probably like 60 scripts that no one will ever see the light of day. You know, it was just for me to practice on, and I had a great time. Those stories exist somewhere in, in, in a closet somewhere, but I'm never going to take them out and try to sell them because I know they were practice. Right. Um, but I had a great time writing, and, and that's how I developed a speed and um, sort of just just like this kind of passion for it that were, it needed. It was sort of an insatiable thing, and um, it, it got so bad to the point that if I didn't write, uh, if, if I missed one day of writing, I would like get really fucking pissed and my anger problems would come out and I'd get really mad and have a terrible day. So I had to at least put down at least five pages a day just to just to get, you know, just to let my mind relax. And if I didn't, it would be really stressful for me. Oh. But I've had to cut back on that just because as soon as I got married, you know, couplehood and then, then children come in and then you have to make a living. So I had to, you know, it was sort of a, a growing pains in terms of like, growing up and having to say I can't dedicate as much time to writing as I had so I had to give up that that um, 
insatiable need. Uh, and uh, luckily, I now I can go. I, frankly, I've gone months now without really writing anything, and I'm okay. But back if if I if I went, I mean, literally, I'd be busting the walls down and and screaming and all that stuff back in the day, like high school, college kind of. If I, were, if I wasn't writing constantly, it would be really bad. So you started when you were like 13, 14? Yeah, like I, yeah, I'm bad with ages, but it was it was seventh grade for sure. Wow. You know, so did you go to college? Yeah. I did. I went to film school. I went to like a two-year film school in Miami. Okay. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very small little trade school. I honestly didn't even want to go to school. I wanted to use that money to make a movie. Right. right. Uh, but my, you know, my parents were like, "No, no, you should go to college so you have like some technical know-how, whatever." I'm like, "Fuck it." The technical stuff I learned, I taught myself. I've always been sort of a teacher, teach myself kind of person. So, like, yeah, I learned about cinematography and stuff, and but I'm never good with like lens sizes and things. I always forget that shit. Yeah. But when I'm back and I said, "Oh, right, okay, I remember now what the numbers mean." But when I what I really cared about was the writing and 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 the creating of the story and working with actors, and that's that's more of a practice thing than a going to school thing. So that's what I tell people honestly. If they want to go, and if they're considering film school. It's it's honestly it's more of like making connections and making friends and developing relationship with other people. After school's over, you guys can work together. That's you know I worked with a lot of the people that um, I went to film school with. But uh, um, in terms of like really, how do you make a movie? Just make a movie, and 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 honestly, learn as you go. And you may not know all the lingo, you may not know all the tricks, but you made a movie. And some of the people that leave film school never make a movie. So wow. I feel that is uh, that, that that is the bigger proving ground is that you actually made a movie. Even if you know, fuck it, you shot it on video with a couple friends, which my first <laughs> shit, my first movie, which event which got released was me shooting a movie on DV with some friends. You know, it was like right out of film school, and it was a fucking blast. It was my favorite filmmaking experience of all time. Uh, I'm not even gonna go into it. Maybe I'll let you see it one day. <laughs> it's very embarrassing, but to me, it's the perfect filmmaking experience for me. Just pure. Uh, fun and I've never had that since which is a shame really you know, just a pure cinematic fun like no bad no bad negative stories involved in the making of that movie and fortunately it doesn't it doesn't always happen and you know when more money is involved more people are involved it's a little harder to get stuff going yeah especially with you know there can be a lot of egos yeah in the filmmaking industry um, so from college what was your first professional job where you get where you got your first paycheck for writing a news article a magazine whatever it would whatever it was well the first thing i i well the first thing i got paid for that was i guess you can be considered that wasn't produced by myself uh was a movie called song of the vampire which was uh, a, a low budget kind of a vampire romance thriller uh that um uh, the actress in my first movie, Denise Duff, she was making her directorial debut. She appeared in a lot of Full Moon movies. She was in the Subspecies franchise. Okay. And um, uh, so I had her in my movie because I was a big fan. And she says, hey, I'm making a movie, but the script isn't great. Would you mind, you know, I don't know why the fuck she asked me because the script I wrote for the one movie <laughs> we did was fucking <laughs> insane. Um, but I appreciated that, that she came to me and she said, would you mind, you know, sort of, making it a little scarier, just kind of amping it up a little bit. So it was, so I got paid to ghostwrite. Now I ended up getting credit, but I basically got paid to rewrite that and making, make it a little more intense. Half of the stuff they couldn't afford anyway, but I, whatever, it was fun. And, 
you know, I got to go on set to shot in Louisiana. So that was sort of the, uh, I would say the uh, the first real professional thing that I got paid for that was outside of my control in terms of um, its production. Um, and I think they they changed the title to Vampire Resurrection or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a generic title. It was, the, it was the distributor's idea, but so how'd you get into that, or how'd that come about? My actress friend, she she was directing and she wanted me to just fix the script because she had issues with it. Well, uh, what was your next uh, professional thing after that? After that, um, oh boy. Uh, well, after that, I shot a film that I wrote and directed. But that was. You know, I funded it, so I guess you can call it professional. What were you doing in between these, like, writing gigs to kind of um, pay the bills? You know, n- unfortunately, I, I'm in I'm in a, uh, I guess you could call it a golden situation. It's not, you know, there's, there's, there's a sort of a tragic backstory, which I'll share. Um, when I was, uh, my, 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 I don't know, if, well, when I was five years old, uh, my father contracted cancer and he was in the hospital and my mother didn't drive so she would walk to the hospital every day to go see him so on the way to the hospital one day she got hit by a car and killed so because of that accident um, the, the, the guy was drunk um, his insurance has put me in a position where now I get uh, I get a settlement every month that allows me to, you know, pay the rent, pay the bills, and all that stuff, and uh, it sort of takes the job out of living in a way. Um, it's not a lot of money, but it's enough that I, you know, it's sort of like if I worked a retail job, forty hours a week. That's basically what I would make. So that's what I used to for me and my family to live on. So that's how I'm able to sort of control the bills and not have to worry about. I mean, I did do. I worked at Starbucks for a couple months and. Um, I worked at GameStop for like a year, so I have I have had retail jobs, but it's stuff that's like you know I don't really need to be here. I should be focusing on this. And then after my mother passed away, my father passed away shortly after that, so it was sort of a, a one-two punch early on for me. And um, it wasn't until I started writing actually that I found out somebody mentioned, you know, your dad loved to write. And so for me, writing is also a connection to my parents because that's something you know, that he loved and he wanted to be a writer, but he never got a chance to publish and things like that. So I think that that also spurns me forward and drives me to work harder, you know, uh, sort of as if I'm trying to succeed for two people. Right. So money-wise, that's how I can live, you know. that's So that's sort of what, you know, keeps me going. Because, on, yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly making, making movies, um, at, at least at this level, is not uh, is not something you can regularly make a living at. Right, right. Um, what helps you kind of get in, get into the zone of writing? Do you do you uh, just chug coffee all night and you you pull an all nighter? I, I know you went down to uh, Harry Potter land and you just kind of sit there and <laughs> chill in the vi- environment. And what gets you in the zone and you you knock out your scripts? Um, you know, it depends. I I've really changed how I do it. Um, Originally, you know, when I was when I was like in school, I would I would come come home from school and I would, you know, you know, forsake homework and spend two or three hours in front of the computer writing. And I would say I'm writing 20 pages and I would do 20 pages a day. Um, and it was a lot of work. And it was exhausting. But at the end, I felt great. It was like, you know, the, the ultimate orgasm 
But you feel like <laughs> this incredible, just like relief, and just like your entire body feels relaxed and it's wonderful. And I got addicted to that, you know, that that much work. So I was able to do a lot of output early on. So that's why I have so many early scripts that I know are just practice, but they're fuel. Um, so what got me in the, you know, sort of in the headspace to write for that that time period was just like I want to do this. I need to, my life is boring. I want to escape. This is what I want to do. Then later on, when it became a job that I wanted to focus on, it was a thing where I had to be completely quiet. I didn't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear noises in the house. Just me typing, and I and I would be able to. Um, I, I tell people I channel the you know the story instead of like instead of like, gee, what should he say next? Hmm. Well, maybe he'll say this. It's sort of like as soon if I click with the story, the story writes itself. To the point that I crack up when someone said, like, I write a character's dialogue. Obviously, it came from me somehow, but it caught me by surprise and it makes me laugh. Right. And those are like the beautiful moments in writing where it's like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. I can't get away <laughs> with that. I'm putting it in there. That's great. <laughs> you know, like I wrote a movie, uh, it was an anthology movie. This hasn't happened yet. Hopefully, it'll one day, but the follow, they, they find this this guy's been abducted by aliens and, uh, and he's pregnant. And I said, well, he's got to give dick birth. So there's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking ten page sequence where he's giving birth to an alien through his dick hole and I was like, Man, I <laughs> I was not planning that. Right. But it's perfect and now I wanna see this come to life <laughs> so I can bring that to the world. Um so I like those little surprises along the way. Uh so but now for me it, 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 having kids in the house it's harder to focus. So my wife knows to keep them away. Um uh, and I've learned to sort of like Cut, again, cut back on my time. And so it was like, okay, I can't be here for six hours. So, and I've also gotten faster. So in a good two hour period, I can get 20 pages of script done. Maybe, wow. maybe, uh, maybe 10 pages of, of like prose, like, you know, when I'm working on a book. Um, so I can, I can work fast and get the same buzz, but I, I don't need to dedicate as much time to it. But I do need that alone time or, or just sort of to set that mood. Um, and I don't always work outside of the house. I've just recently gone, and yeah, like you mentioned, I was doing a Harry Potter land, just because so I, I needed to get out of the house because the kids are so distracting, and um, it's nice to sort of be in a fantasy kind of world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that's sort of a new thing for me to sort of do that. But it's not like, you know, I'm like high fiving, you know, whatever Harry Potter as he's walking by or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I usually I'll make fun of like the, the 50 year old guy dressed like. Uh, <laughs> The dumbass from uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Like, Jesus, man. It's a Monday. Don't you have a job? <laughs> what the hell are you doing dressed like that? <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation about Fantastic Beasts, stupid characters. Right. Maybe you can have me on next time. <laughs> we'll discuss that. Right, right. <laughs> Gosh. So, okay. So, you, you keep the kids locked up in kennels? Or how do you yeah. how do you keep them at bay? The wife. Okay. Uh, the, the, the wife uh, will usually do that. And, I, you know, unfortunately, when it gets a, uh, when you want to focus on this kind of stuff, um, the tempers flare because you need, like, just give, you know, you pull a Jack Torrance, you know, when I'm in here writing and you hear the keys <laughs> clacking, I'm working, you know, like, you, that's, it's so fucking true, you know, and you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you can't, if you don't have that focus, if you don't have that time that to devote to it, um, it's very stressful because you know like I gotta get this out it's like people are whispering in my ears I gotta get this this is the story I gotta tell it if I don't tell it I'm gonna go fucking crazy mm -hmm. so get the kids out of the house for two hours you know and uh, do the kids under, uh, well does your girl understand that 
that yeah, oh, dad yeah. needs his kind of alone time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. Um, you know, she's she's ten and she started to write herself. She wrote her first play. Oh, which is really awesome. Um, she started younger than dad, which is great. Uh, but then again. I had no idea writing was the thing I wanted to do. And she mm. sees me writing every day. So she sort of discovered, oh, I like it too. So she's writing her own plays now. And um, uh, and, and I give her her space. She takes up my computer. She goes to my office. I go, okay, go ahead, have fun. Yeah. And I, you know, I leave her to it because I understand what you need is that um, alone time and be able to marinate with the story or else there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I could never write with a partner. I did it, I did it once. And it was very difficult because no, I actually did it twice, but it was one of those things where like they work slower than I do. So I would like, we'd have a meeting, then I'd go home and then I'd send them here. I wrote the next 20 pages, you know, <laughs> it's like, there you go. Tell me what you think. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Okay. And <laughs> so it was, it was very one you know, sort of lopsided in terms of the work, but it's just because I, I'm more driven and like, let's just fucking do it. What, what would you want for your daughter would you want her to become a writer if she if she came to you and said she wanted to do that for the rest of her life would you yeah i mean you know it it, it, it because you know how how tough it can be it it is very tough it it doesn't it doesn't pay well but it's you know i also understand uh the value of you know the the creative enterprise Mm -hmm. and i know if somebody had told me uh, you're not gonna make a ton of money at this, and you'll probably struggle for the rest of your life. I probably will still be doing this, and maybe it's a you know like a symptom of of like psychosis or whatever. Like I'm, I'm you know mentally unwell, but hmm. I think a lot of the people I know, a lot of the a lot of the filmmakers and writers I know that are in the same boat that have made maybe one or two things, or maybe not at that level, you know, uh, that we want to be at. We honestly can't think of anything else to do that makes mm-hmm. us happy. That that uh, is is rewarding, you know. At the same time, completely frustrating. But it it seems, you know, I feel like it's it's much more exciting to do this and like, you know, punch a time clock and you know do a nine to five job of just for money. Yeah. Kind of thing. I feel like you know life is too short, and if you can't say at least I tried, at least I, you know. At least I loved what I did. Uh, then I think your life is uh, makes your life worthy. You know, you don't want to be that. Uh, I have I have a bunch of friends that have sort of they had they had a goal in mind, and um, a couple of them we were going to do the same thing, and then you know they sort of dropped off because it got hard, and they they, they left. Mm-hmm. And now they've got menial, you know, nine to five jobs. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if some people are perfectly happy with that, I couldn't be. And I think, uh, yeah, me either. You know, yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's why we, you know, we 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 uh, we get along so well because we understand that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's a choice you make, and if you understand that, you know, art art uh, is sort of a double-edged sword. It's it's rewarding, but you can also get fucked really badly. Yeah. Um, it's easy to take advantage of artists too. Absolutely. In this field, because we care so much. You yeah. Know, because we're passionate about that. You know. Oh, you know. Um, I don't have any money, but I want to make a short film. Will you write it for me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I, just to get to be on a set. Yeah, sure, I'll write it. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, it doesn't take me that much. Like to, It's a short film. I could write it in an hour, but I get to have fun with it, and something gets to be created, and yeah, it wouldn't bother me. But, you know, it's I, I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm super jaded about this business, and I'm getting there, which is 
which is unfortunate, but just because, you know, hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, it's tough, man. You get fucking tired being in the race so long and, uh, uh, you know, and I get it. I get why people back off and, 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 and choose something else because it's, you, you don't, you don't want to feel like you're, you're, you're in a fucking boxing ring for your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, just like my photography. I don't, I don't really do that for a living. I can, you know, pay a few bills with it, but it's not going to pay my rent really. Um, <clears throat> then you'll have uh, a few, I mean, three or four friends will always hit you up. Hey, let's do a photo shoot. Do you have 50 bucks or something? You know, something. Dude, no, trust me. I'll share it though. A lot of people will hit you up then. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not how that works. It, it, right. Because if you do it for free, in my own experience, it never led to a paid job, really. And if it did, those people were cheap and kind of rude because they want their money's worth. Right. You know, 75 bucks, I'm paying a lot of money here. You go, what? My camera alone was, at the time, it was 2500 It's the right. A7R2. And that's not even expensive, super expensive in the photography world. And you go, well, how do you, how do you pay this off? You know, <laughs> at least with in writing a little bit, you have, you know, you have your computer. You're probably going to have that anyway, hopefully. Right. But then you have to pay for software and stuff yeah. like that. But then um, it sucks when you have cameras because you have to maintain them and you have to... Uh, you know, they'll lose their value and you got to either sell it or, you know, trade it in for another one. And it's like a never ending thing. It's a bit frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine, especially with the red, because you want to get like the, at least the most up to date model and they keep changing like every fucking six months. They do. Yeah. The red Gemini, the (laughs) the red dinosaur face, you know, uh, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't ever just say, Oh yeah, I just got the red, you know, the first one. Oh, I'm going to hire somebody else because that's not the best one. People have, yeah. People have passed up on that before. Um. Oh, it's six k. We're looking for eight. What are you doing? YouTube. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the highest quality possible. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Did you do when you were younger? Did you look up to any writers? Uh. Yeah. Mostly. You know. Mostly filmmakers like uh, uh, John Carpenter. Um. Frank Capra. Was uh, John Carpenter? D- Oh, he's a guy who owns a carpentry store. He just happens to have the same last name as carpent as his as his craft. Oh, nice. Okay, he's a carpentry master. That seems like a match made in heaven. I know, right? It's like I'm glad he chose that uh, as opposed to like you know being like a pussy doctor. <laughs> uh, for the very few people who don't know, if they're listening to this episode, John Carpenter is the writer of Halloween. Yes, One yeah. One of the best horror movies of all time, uh, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been to masterful films, man. I mean, The Thing and The Thing remake, uh, Escape from New York. I mean, I grew up on all his movies, and so I just love the way he wrote characters and how he built things. And uh, Frank Capra, It's a Wonderful Life, is... He writes fast, too. ...is a masterpiece. John Carpenter? Yeah. He does he? Okay. Yep. I know someone told me... I had a meeting in uh, one of my few meetings in Hollywood, and I mentioned how fast I write. They're like, huh, you know who else writes fast? I'm like, who? They said, John uh, John Hughes. I'm like, holy fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a, a good person to be in the same company with. When you're writing, do you see your someone else's style coming into your your thought process of writing? Sometimes, yeah. Um, in a negative way, a positive way? Or do you no. think it's just an amalgamation of that's just how it is? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think, um, especially nowadays, 
creative people are very much a, uh, I guess amalgamation is the right word, amalgamation of all their um, interests and uh, things that they love and things that they've seen, even movies they hate. Uh, little bits and pieces will show up in their work just because your brain has been fed these images and these storylines and these, you know, gobbledygook that comes out of nowhere. And, yeah, I mean, uh, we all sort of share a common voice, I guess. And, I mean, that's why recently there's been sort of an 80s resurgence mm -hmm. because all those people who grew up with 80s movies are finally in a position to do something. And what do they fucking want to do? They want to relive their childhood. Yeah. And, and so that's why that's why the 80s are so sort of prevalent is because people loved those type of movies and that kind of storytelling and... Um, uh, and again, that's honestly what I would be doing. I had a I had a an '80s style Goonies monster type script um, that was going around uh, going around town maybe about seven or seven or eight years ago. Uh, I almost sold it to Sony, which is a bummer because that would have been amazing. Um, and uh, it's sort of the same. It was kind of, honestly a Stranger Things type of thing. It was three friends and they had to fight monsters and. But it was more South Park in terms of its humor, you know, like the kids were cursing and all this stuff, and so it was more, a little more um, modern in that take, but it had the same feel, you know, three friends, it was summertime, and they had to save the world, you know, uh, and uh, I loved, I grew up on that kind of shit, and, and I love that, um, that sort of like fantasy, wish fulfillment type of movie where like, the little kids are the heroes, and like, there's not a lot of those type of movies nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um which is a shame because I think I think a lot of kids need that. Kids need that I was, sort of like I was going to say that because you know you'll have people like Logan Paul and Jake Paul, which no offense to them and their style, they're very successful. But kids are drawn to the really loud and kind of in your face, obnoxious entertainment. Why not something they can actually look up to and you know an adventure? Uh, oh, we're going on this adventure. You know, you got the camaraderie. You have all your friends around you. And, okay, we got to solve this one big problem together. Yeah, let's conquer it. That would make kids feel great right. instead of, you know, just loud. and Mom, I want this new backpack type attitude. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what kids need. Uh, I You know, and, and there are a couple of movies that will, will do that. I think the, the first Goosebumps was really good. Goosebumps movie. I think that. I haven't seen part two yet, but... Uh, I feel that one sort of achieved that. I even honestly, uh, the new It I think was really much, pretty much that same kind of feeling. Even though it was like fucking intense, it still had those kid hero, you know, moments. Yeah, I thought It was going to be just a straight scary movie. I went into, I saw an early screening of it, and I and that cut was it was a terrible movie. Oh really? At, the, at that point. Okay. And then I didn't see it when it came out in theaters because I uh, I thought what what are they gonna do to make this good. And then it came out on DVD. I go, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Turns out it was a pretty good movie. It was, it was all right. How like, different was it from what you it, saw? I think they just missed so many cues in it. And the, the final cut, I think, was they mixed the perfect amount of scare, intensity, and nostalgia rather than failed scares in the early edition. Mm. I go, okay. okay, this isn't really a horror movie. This is like a lame version of Stranger Things. Gotcha. Okay. It, it was just kind of a bummer. Uh, huh. I, I didn't care for it at well, the time. Apparently, uh, test audiences for the new Halloween movie, uh, they hated the original ending. And so the ending that's in the movie now was the re was reshot. And if you look at the trailers, 
and you see those shots of like uh, Lori like fighting Michael Myers. Is on this the a spoiler ground. alert? It's not really a spoiler. Okay. But you see him like uh, fighting on the ground, like with a knife or whatever, and she's kind of coming at him and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's from the original ending. That doesn't happen in the movie at all. There's huh. actually a lot in the trailer that doesn't happen in the movie, which is weird. But that they do that all the time. Usually, you know, um, I got AMC A-list. Do you have that yet? I don't. Oh, that's yet. great. I, I go to every movie I want to see. I don't have to worry about paying for a ticket. You just walk in. Oh, all right, I'll get this and that. Speaking of which, uh, this episode is brought to you by AMC. <laughs> 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 AMC, you hit me up. Okay. Um, and what was I going to say? What were we just talking about? Halloween... Damn it, lost my train of thought. Doesn't oh, matter. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were telling me about the A-list um, and how you would just walk in and oh, see Oh, the trailers. Uh-huh. Before I got AMC A-list, I never watched any trailers to any... Because if you've been to AMC, if you have one near you, it's 15 to 25 minutes of trailers. Yep. That's why I always arrive half hour late to a movie because, oh, it, that's really when it kind of starts. Right, right. Um, but... Only recently I've been just watching these trailers, but I like it when they, like you said, they switched everything around. I'd be okay with that because I don't want to know anything about a movie when I go into it. I go, Star is Born, what, what singer, oh, huh, hmm. So we're going to fuck up Space Movie? <laughs> 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 All right, that sounds good. Space Cowboys, let's do this. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I, I went in there, I saw a couple of seconds of the trailer and... It was great. Great movie. I enjoyed it, personally. Um, right. But the question is, do we see Lady Gaga's knockers? Yes. Do you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke question. For people that can't send sarcasm, it was a little bit of a joke question there. Turns out it was true. <laughs> wow, yeah. That caught me by surprise. That was not, I was like, oh. Yeah, I was a little shocked. I go, uh, I went with my girlfriend. I go, hmm. All right. Did you go, ah, ah, oh, ah, ah. <laughs> oh man yeah it was shocking it was a very uh interesting scene you haven't seen it i, I have not obviously, i yeah. have not no i i don't know some movies are kind of like i don't like oscar bait type movies i didn't even know this was i i don't know anything i don't look up the news on new movies coming out i just hear about it through friends i go oh all right sounds good enough i'll go see it right yeah that's that's a good thing to have. that's a good sort of technique to have when you're wanting to get into film <laughs> That's awesome sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't like um I like the mystery of going in okay. because and I for some reason I'll go with people that like a friend they'll go, "Oh, this got a 5 out of 10. Why are you telling me? I don't want to know what other people think about. It. I want to have my own thoughts and opinions on this." Right. And my girlfriend will do the same thing. "Oh, this this got a this got a 4. I don't want to see it." I wanted to see it till you said something. <laughs> uh, how would somebody with a nine to five job, they said, Hey, I want to be a screenwriter. I want to be an author. I want to work for a, a magazine company. What steps can they take to get to where even you're at or even further? What, what would, what would your, well, um, uh, JK Rowling wrote Harry Potter, um, after work every night. You know, she had a nine to five job. She had like, I think she had like eight kids or something. She has like a lot of kids. That's a litter. Yeah, maybe not eight, but she's got like a ton of kids. So she was a, you know, uh, I think she was a single mom as well. Uh, I may be wrong about that, but I know she wrote Harry Potter while she was, you know, like she'd have her day job and she'd come home and like, you know, put the kids to bed and, 
and then she'd write Harry Potter and however long it took her to write the first book and then and then I get I think it took her like five or six years to get that sold so um, you know it's it's honestly it's the luck of the draw when it comes to like success but um, if you if you want to do it you will do it it's it's kind of like if I tell people people tell me if people have to ask me how do you write then you can never write because it's like uh, a writer will just know uh, you know it's like an actor knows that they want to act you know uh, you know usually directors are control freaks you know f for the most part uh, and a writer will just know a writer will just have no fear and embrace you know whatever it is so I guess that's that, that's kind of my I don't know if it's a very hopeful response if somebody's looking to get into writing, but it's one of those things where um, there's nothing to be afraid of. You don't have to show anybody your writing. Just write. That's all it is. Get to a point where you love it, where you can master it in, in, to a degree that it's not a chore. Because once you see writing as like, oh, I gotta go write again, then it's not for you. You have to love it. You have to be like, fuck yeah, I can finally get back, get in front, get in front of that blank page and do what I gotta do and uh, if if you embrace that and you're not afraid of that and uh, of putting in the time and just absorbing it, then it's, I mean, it's not if it basically it, it's not work. It can't be work. If it becomes work, then it's something else. Uh, now it can be work if you're writing for somebody else. Like if you're hired, I've had situations where I'm writing for a studio or a mini studio in this case, and they give me notes that make no sense, and so I have to incorporate those notes into what I think the movie is but that will basically gut my movie and I've had to at times start from the beginning because like I can't make this work unless I go back and erase everything mm. and it sucks and that does become work but I like it enough that I'm able to say you know what I'll, I'll embrace the challenge and just do what I gotta do and work um, and write I should say but to get to that point where you don't, you're not afraid of that, I say just write as much as you can and embrace that, you know, embrace that, um, that skill and that love and get your voice. You know, everyone talks about the writer's voice. Everyone has a good, you know, Stephen King has a very specific voice. Mark Twain has a very specific voice. So develop your voice. Develop how you like to write. Uh, how what characters and situations you like to write. Not everyone's gonna be fucking Nicholas Sparks. I could never write a Nicholas Sparks story, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, Nicholas Sparks does really fucking well. Like, almost all his books get adapted. Mm -hmm. um, so, you never know. I think this, that's the one thing. Just just keep writing. If you if you know you want to write, then nothing should be stopping you. Uh, how often do you get writer's block? I don't get writer's block because, I mean, I guess in the traditional sense, I don't. Like, there's times where, like... Um, like I say sometimes, like when I say I channel, sometimes if I'm writing and it's like the energy's not right today, I don't want, like in, in new agey terms, I guess I could say, but it's just like the energy's not right today. I'm just not feeling it. Just like I'll say the story's just not coming. Even though I have it outlined and I see it and I know what I could write, mm -hmm. I just don't have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. I, I guess you can call that a block, but I know where the story's going. It's just so much that it's just that my energy level or whatever the. I don't know, fucking channeling receptors in my brain are like tired. I can't write that day. So I shut it down and I go, okay, I can't. Because I know if I write, it's not going to be the best version it can be. Um, but, it's, but in terms of writer's block, 
you know, I guess it affects people differently because if they say, oh, I can't get over this hurdle in, in you know, in this part of the story, uh, then maybe the story's not right. Maybe there's something fundamentally wrong with the story. And I'm surprised how many scripts get made that are fundamentally flawed, but somehow they got funded and they, they got these big names attached. And like, there's so many problems in it that I don't know how this got greenlit at all. <clears throat> Last <Do> Jedi. <clears throat> Do you think it's the producers and other people like that putting their, their fingers in the script saying, oh, no, you know what would be better? Let's throw a cat on the bed. Wait, what's a, why is there a cat in the scene? Don't worry about it. Do you think it, Absolutely. it's just weird stuff like that? You know, and it's it's so hard to tell what happens because there's so many fingers in the pie when it comes to like a big movie. Uh, you know, uh, You know, for example, like the new Halloween movie. Um, there was three writers on it. Then, you know, Blumhouse is producing. Uh, allegedly, John Carpenter had story notes, but I've seen the movie. I don't know what the hell he could have added that, you know, I, I don't even know if he even read it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, then you've got all these other, like, um, associate producers and things, you know, that they want to have their say and development people and... You know, to the point you, you you get the script back, you got notes from twenty people, and it's like, how does anything make sense nowadays? So yeah. it seems like a lot of movies are bombing lately because certain people have an agenda in Hollywood. Um, an example that I did that really bugged me. I watch American Horror Story. Do you watch that show? I do. I haven't seen the new season yet. There was the last season. It was all political. Oh, cult. Yeah. Why? It's a monster <laughs> movie. Not someone talking about Trump and Hillary. I, d- I hear about that every day. I don't right, care about right. it, dude. Yeah, it was a little odd. I actually never even, didn't even finish that season, but... Uh, it um Oh, don't worry. It ends terribly because it's a boring, stupid... Does it really? It just doesn't make we'll sense. We'll talk about it off air. <laughs> yeah, it, it's terrible. Um, And it seems like whenever someone has an agenda like that, because that's clearly like a political thing, you go, right. oh, yeah, I'm watching a fake, screwed up, creepy show because i want to know about hillary and trump's politics right now right no i just i want to escape i want to be part of a story that's what i my girlfriend didn't care for roanoke but i like that because it was i so liked f- roanoke i i liked it because it seemed it was so far out there and yeah so weird and different i honestly i the first two episodes i'm like i don't know if i want to watch a show about a show yeah or, or whatever it was and then when it, they throw that halfway twist in there like halfway through i'm like oh wow Oh, this is really interesting now. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, do you have any suggestions for people to overcome writer's block? Do you, do you think they should just take a day off, chug a couple of Red Bull? What do, you, what do you think? I mean, you know, writing is different for everybody in terms of like what gets people going and what inspires people. I, I, I always suggest taking a day off if it, just, if it doesn't feel right. Um, what if after a day or two it's still not happening? Um, then work on something else. I mean, I think even Stephen King, uh, I think he mentioned once he write he he works on like four or five books at a time, and he writes five wow. pages a day no matter what. Wow. So I mean, that's dedication. It is. I, I think he says he only skips Christmas and his and his birthday, but every day. Do you think that's why he's successful? Um, I think that's why he's got a, a shit ton of books. <laughs> you know. <laughs> do you think? Do you do you think there? Are th- many of them are quality though. No, I'm not a big Stephen King fan. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan, so I'm not yeah. super. I I mean, obviously we know 
a few of the ones, you know, they got famous and made movies out of them, but... Yeah, and it's, well, the funny thing is, um, I didn't like The Shining novel, mm-hmm. but I loved the Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. but that's not the novel. And, and famously, Stephen King hates that movie. Yeah, with the croquet mallet instead of an axe, was it? Yeah, it was a croquet mallet, and it was like there were there was bees involved at one point. Then like hedges come to life, and it was it was kind of crap to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, it was it was a bit much. But if honestly, if I had read it but without seeing the movie, I'm like, oh, it was kind of a weird ghost story. But because that movie is so good, uh, it really affects how you see every you know every iteration of it. Um, so I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but. You know, I appreciate his work and his work ethic and things like that. So for him, I, I don't. For him, I guess if he has writer's block on one story, he'll go and write something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's that's worth trying. You know, if you if you hit a wall, stop what you're doing and you know start a new script or just bust out a short story real quick, like you know, two something completely different. Write a poem, something like start jogging your 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 sort of mental processes when it comes to writing, and maybe that will juice you for something else or go why go to the movies get get inspired watch something good you know mm-hmm. music does that to some people too i know i would never i would never uh, tell people to you know go get drunk you know pull a bukowski and just drink wine all night that's uh, that's not very conducive to um i mean some people probably do great work on it but you know if you want to be a professional you should probably be able to do it sober right right <laughs> yeah i know i know uh, a big thing with writers is adderall I know a few that pop oh, an really? Adderall than just. What's not- Adderall for? Is it like uh, it's ADD or something? Yeah, and apparently just gives you all the energy in the world to just knock out a hundred pages of whatever you want. Wow. Now, if that's a good one hundred pages, right? That's a different story, right? But you will be able to knock out everything that's going on in that crazy brain of yours for about I don't know, twelve hours, fourteen hours, something Jeez, like that. I'm guessing. Man. Wouldn't be for me. No. But, Jose, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. <laughs> that was very serious. Yeah. Scott, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Do you have any any books people should buy, uh, check out, website, sure. um, Instagram, Twitter? Uh, okay. On Instagram, I'm, I'm uh, Mr. Jose Prendes. Um, How do you spell your last name? Uh, that's Prendes, P-R-E-N-D-E-S. And on Twitter, I'm just Jose Prendes. Uh, I've got, if you liked Are You Afraid of the Dark back in the day, I wrote I wrote the, uh, well, basically it's the official episode guide uh, because Nickelodeon won't do anything. So it's technically the official guide because I got all the producers and directors and actors to talk to me. So uh, that's called the Are You Afraid of the Dark Campfire uh, Can- Companion. It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's a good Halloween treat. <laughs> for people out there I'm working on a Goosebumps book now oh wow um, uh, which has been a little harder to nail down because you know it's a new cast every episode so I don't have any recurring cast I can talk to so mm-hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the crew is sort of hard to reach so it's been a little harder to, to, to put together but you know I, I have fun rewatching these shows and when, com- when is that coming out? next year okay uh, probably around this time next year Halloween okay um, at least that's the plan and I'm working on a book for uh, for my uh, my new business, Haunted Hiking. I'm, I'm working on a Haunted Hiking field guide, uh, which will sort of be um, a written documentation of uh, paranormal investigations we've done on our haunted hikes uh, around town. And 
we uh, we may be relaunching Haunted Hiking in a in a new direction uh, uh, in terms of uh, offering public hikes to people pretty soon. Okay. And I, I have nothing in you know 100% solid, but we have a really good lead on something that could be pretty amazing and. Um, uh, and if you guys are interested in that, go to hauntedhiking.com. Hopefully we'll have information out there pretty soon about what's, what the future holds for that. Cool. Thank you, Jose. <laughs> okay. Bye. You're freaking me out. Bye. Good luck. Bye.